there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. There's a new class of blockbuster drugs. Drugs like Ozempic. They're changing bodies. And all of a sudden, just the weight starts falling off. Fortunes. It just got too expensive. They're just bank breakers. And industries. There was a lot of excitement. There was a lot of skepticism. The impact of these drugs from business to health is just beginning. From the journal, Trillion Dollar Shot. Find it in the journal feed wherever you get your podcasts. The view across the pale brown desert was murky, but they could just make out the trio of men in the distance, walking along the edge of the desert road. The year was 1987, and Luis Ramirez Reyes, a popular Mexican ufologist, was driving through the Chihuahuan Desert with his cameraman to shoot a news segment on the famed Zone of Silence. Hidden away in the vast Chihuahuan Desert, The Zone of Silence was a place where lights danced in the night, strange animals prowled the scrubby ground, and alleged alien sightings were common. They'd gotten lost on the poorly marked dirt roads and had been driving aimlessly for hours, trying to find their way to the research center known as the Biosphere. As the cameraman drove, Luis had noticed three strange tan men walking along the side of the road. The van passed by, and Luis realized what was so strange about them. They weren't carrying anything. There was nothing to indicate they had any sort of food or water with them. The nearest town was 25 miles away. Quite a walk in the desert for someone with no water. Just a few minutes later, Luis saw them again. He could hardly believe it. It was the same men. Stained shirts, straw hat, no water. The zone must have been playing tricks on his eyes. Perhaps with the roads twisting and turning the way they did, Reyes and the cameraman had gone in a circle. At least that's what Reyes was telling himself the third time they passed the three tan men. But as he looked back at the stick-straight road, he realized the truth. Somehow the men had traveled or teleported a mile up the road in the blink of an eye. In life, there is so much we don't know. But in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a ParCast original. I'm your host, Richard. And I'm your host, Molly. At ParCast, we are grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram, at ParCast, and Twitter, at ParCast Network. And if you enjoy today's episode, the best way to help us is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. It really does help. We also now have merchandise. Head to ParCast.com merch for more information. 
You can find all previous episodes of Unexplained Mysteries, as well as all of ParCast's other shows, on Spotify and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. This is our final episode on La Zona del Silencio, or the Zone of Silence, a 30-square-mile piece of land in the Chihuahuan Desert of northern Mexico. Believed to be everything from a secret research reserve to a portal to another world, the zone is known for scrambling radio signals, possible alien encounters, and strange lights in the sky. This week, we'll dive into the prevailing theories behind what causes all the strange goings-on in the Zone of Silence. There are three major theories as to why strange things happen in the Zone. The first is the biome theory. The Zone of Silence is a small, isolated area with uncommon characteristics that gave rise to unusual forms of life. So there are a number of unique natural factors at play that logically explain the strange things that happen in the zone. The strange and otherworldly stories about the zone were proliferated by people hoping to make money off tourists who came to visit the area. The second theory is that the odd occurrences in the zone of silence are caused by extraterrestrial activity. Aliens are using the zone for their own purposes, and what we observe are the side effects of that purpose. The third theory is that the mysteries of the zone were all caused by a magnetite-rich meteor which crashed into what is now the Zone of Silence half a million years ago. The Zone of Silence is located in the modern-day Mapimi Biosphere Reserve. The area has become infamous for its interruption of radio and satellite waves. But that's far from the only thing that makes the zone, well, weird. Everything about it, from the soil to the organic life that lives there, seems somehow otherworldly at first glance. If one were to go hiking in the zone, they may come across purple and pink cacti, strange giant centipedes and beetles, and the protected tailless gopher tortoise, which only lives in the zone of silence. The further you get into the zone, the stranger the sights become. The flat, scrub-covered ground is speckled with meteorites and fossils. Salt mines dot the zone's surface, and two large mountains, Las Tetas de Juana, rise skyward from the center of the area. If the stories are to be believed, as you hike, you may notice your compass wandering, the needle drifting lazily off course. Where formerly you thought you were heading east, the compass now points to the northwest. You might raise your radio to call back to your camp, but you hear nothing but static. No signals can go in or out. You've wandered into a dead zone, one of many which are said to roam around the zone of silence. They block signals and disrupt instruments, causing radio silence, hence the area's name. The Zone of Silence lies in the Trino Vertex, which is the meeting point of the Mexican states of Chihuahua, Durango, and Coahuila. It's a fairly remote part of the world, yet it sees hundreds of visitors, alien investigators, and treasure hunters each year. Though many of these pilgrims hail from Mexico, in recent years, interest in the zone has spread to curious visitors from America, Central America, and Europe. The towns closest to the zone, like Ceballos and Escalon, used to be populated mostly by farmers. But with each passing year, 
more and more residents of these towns have shifted to promoting tourism to pay their bills. One of these residents, a former rancher named Benjamin Palacios, granted an interview to Atlas Obscura in 2016. Benjamin had converted his property on the edge of the Zone of Silence to a UFO ranch once it became clear how popular the zone was becoming with tourists. Like others in the area, Palacios has a vested interest in keeping the zone as mysterious as possible in the eyes of the public. In fact, their efforts at promoting the supernatural aspects of the zone may help explain why we still don't have a confirmed explanation for the bizarre happenings that occur in the area. Could it be possible that the zone is simply a naturally occurring phenomenon? Our first theory is that the zone's reputation is merely an exaggeration of the naturally occurring phenomena in the area. The reputation attracts tourists and is good for the locals of the zone, so they let it persist. Dr. Andrea Krauss wrote about the zone and its relation to tourism in her 1992 dissertation, Common Ground, Ranchers and Researchers in the Mapimi Biosphere Reserve. In her paper, she methodically dissects the various legends of the area and provides logical explanations. The first of these is the area's famous dead zones. According to eyewitnesses like the pilot Francisco Sarabia or the Pemex field agent Augusto Harry de la Peña, these dead zones are constantly roving around the zone of silence. They disrupt radio and satellite signals, cutting off all communication with the outside world. They also can cause analog technology like compass needles to move off course. In recent decades, these dead zones have been blamed on the high level of magnetite in the area. Magnetite is the most magnetic of the naturally occurring minerals on Earth and can be made into a magnet itself. A possible explanation for the disrupted signals could be the shifting magnetic fields created by the magnetite. Dr. Krauss, however, presented a different theory. According to her, the dead zones simply didn't exist. She says, quote, neither I nor anyone with whom I spoke had any trouble with either their radios or compasses while working in the reserve, end quote. Other people's radio trouble, if it existed, was merely a product of the remote nature of the area. There is another factor we should note here. While magnetite does not affect radio waves, magnets can affect radio antenna, causing disruptions. If some of the magnetite in the ground has become magnetized, it can mess with a handheld car or airplane radio antenna. This means that the dead zones blocking radio waves is a bit of a misconception. Rather than affecting the waves, the magnetite in these dead zones prevents radio equipment from operating properly. According to Dr. Krauss, the purple cacti has a more reasonable explanation as well. Apuntia cacti, known colloquially as nopales, are classically green. However, they sometimes get a purplish hue or turn completely purple. This is due to stress on the plant. Harsh weather can cause nopales to turn purple, as can lack of water. These purple nopales are present across the southwest United States and Mexico in areas with little water. Similarly, the presence of the rare gopher tortoise doesn't necessarily mean the zone of silence is a special or different place. 
Thousands of endangered or rare species around the world are only unique to one small area. Discovered in 2012, the world's smallest chameleon, Bruxia micra, only lives on a one-mile square spit of rock called Nozihara off the coast of Madagascar. While Nozihara is special for being the rare chameleon's home, the chameleon's presence certainly doesn't indicate a supernatural phenomenon. The Zone of Silence has a reputation for bizarre light displays appearing at night. People claim to often see lights whirling in the sky, rolling down the sides of the mountains, and shooting straight into the sky from the desert floor. While it sounds like a unique oddity, the zone is just one of many places these lights have appeared. About 400 miles north of the Zone of Silence lies the tiny town of Marfa, Texas, population 1,772. Here is an audio recording made one night at the edge of Marfa. There's a binary of something there. It seems to uh, coalesce into one object. Now it's splitting up into two, and now it's gone. And there it is again. Uh, infrared, it's just looking black and white, but as best as I can tell, it seems to have a faint uh, gl uh, golden glow to it. Marfa, also located in the vast Chihuahuan Desert, is known for its fabulous and mysterious light displays. According to eyewitness accounts, the lights that appear on Mitchell Flat, just outside of town, are orbs of white, blue, yellow, or red. They dart to and fro across the desert. The common scientific explanation for the lights is that they appear due to something called a Fata Morgana, or a superior mirage. A superior mirage occurs when an area of warm air rests above an area of cool air. This condition is quite common throughout the deserts of West Texas and Mexico. The effects of the superior mirage are often more immediately noticeable at sea. There, the light hitting the upper layer of warm air and lower layer of cool air can cause a faraway ship to appear to be floating above the surface of the water. Dr. Krauss writes off the strange lights in the zone of silence as possibly being a superior mirage. However, specific scientific testing of the air temperature in the area would have to be done to prove this theory. As of 2019, no such test has been undertaken. The doctor seems to have explanations for everything in the zone of silence. And in all honesty, they're all fairly logical. If these explanations are to be believed, there's nothing more out of the ordinary in the zone than in any other patch of desert. The difference is the people in the area. The zoneros, as the tourists are called, bring a boost to the local economy, and the stories from the zone have helped put Ceballos, Escalon, and the Mapimi Reserve on the map. Whether or not residents like Benjamin Palacios actually believe the stories, there's no doubt that the stories help make life near the zone easier. If Benjamin Palacios is to be believed, there's a more unearthly explanation for the things that happen in the zone. Next, we'll look into the most popular and most unproven explanation for the mystery of the zone. Now back to the story. 
When Luis Ramirez Reyes got lost in the zone of silence in 1978 on his way to the Mapimi biosphere, he believed he passed by the exact same three men three separate times in his journey. The second time he wrote it off as the driver going in circles, but by the third time, there was obviously something strange going on. By Reyes's account, there was also something strange going on with his driver. According to Reyes, his cameraman, who was also driving, did not recall seeing the three men in the desert until the third time Reyes spotted them. The third time, Reyes convinced his cameraman to stop to ask the men for directions. Reyes hopped out of the car and got the group's attention. Up close, the men seemed like any other rancheros from the area. They were, all three of them, tall and tan. Reyes's first instinct was that they were just from one of the nearby towns. But something was bothering him. The men were all dressed like the regular ranchers from the surrounding areas, straw hats and sweat-stained shirts. He asked the men if they had noticed the car passing by them twice before. They said they had been out for a few hours looking for lost cows from their herd and hadn't seen any cars before Reyes had stopped. This confused Reyes, as he was certain he had seen the three men previously on the road already. Were the heat and the desert playing tricks on him? That's when he realized what had been bothering him. None of the men had any water with them. They carried no canteens or water bottles that he could see. How could it be that three men were out in the zone of silence in the center of an arid desert 25 miles from civilization with no water? Without being prompted, one of the men told Reyes that he could find the biosphere by continuing straight up the road he and his cameraman were driving on. Reyes thanked the man, utterly confused. He hadn't even told the man they were looking for the biosphere. Before Reyes could fully process what had happened, he found himself back in the car on his way to the biosphere with his driver. When the building arose on the horizon a few minutes following the odd man's direction, Reyes breathed a sigh of relief. When Reyes and his cameraman arrived at the biosphere, they told the researchers there about the three men they encountered in the desert. The biosphere team shocked them with their reply. There were no people in this part of the zone that weren't part of the biosphere research team. More importantly, no groups from the biosphere had gone out that day. It's most likely that these men in the desert were just residents from Ceballos or one of the other nearby towns. However, it would be almost impossible for a normal man to get out to the center of the zone with no water. This wasn't the first time someone had spotted strange things in that particular part of the desert. There have been multiple reports of groups of three people, two men and one woman, who appeared to travelers in the desert and ranchers in Ceballos. Because of their tall stature, pale complexion, and blonde hair, ufologists have taken to calling these nomadic trios the Nordics. In a typical report of an interaction with the Nordics, the mysterious trio always speak perfect Spanish and are incredibly polite. They ask only for water, and when they are asked where they came from, they simply reply, above. 
Ufologists like Reyes and others believe the Nordics are aliens that have made their home in the zone of silence and the surrounding areas. The three men Reyes spoke to in the desert, however, were tan and looked like possible locals from the area. Could they be related to the Nordics? They don't match the description of the Nordics that many others have reported seeing. The trio Reyes saw was three men who he at first mistook for Mexican locals, whereas the Nordics are constantly described as being a trio of two men and one woman, all tall and blonde. They could have been confused desert wanderers. Or, if Reyes is to be believed, they could be a different type of being or alien from the Nordics. Reports of the fantastic lights that often appear in the sky have convinced others that the zone of silence is an extraterrestrial hotspot. And there may be others like it. September 19, 1976, was a quiet night in Tehran, the capital of Iran. That silence was quickly shattered when the first phone call came in. As more and more calls came rolling in, it became clear that something incredible was happening in the night sky. Dozens of concerned citizens had called to alert the gendarmerie, the Iranian police, to the presence of a bright light floating above Tehran. In response to their calls, the Iranian government sent an F-4 fighter to investigate. As the plane approached the light-emitting object, the pilot suddenly lost radio contact with air traffic control. As he tried to get the radio working, the pilot's radar blinked out as well. One by one, his instruments, from his altimeter to his airspeed indicator, blacked out. He was blind. The pilot was forced to turn back and return to his base. The base sent a second F-4, which met with the same fate. This sounds a bit familiar. Much like incidents reported in the zone of silence over the bulk of the 20th century, the 1976 incident in Tehran featured pilots losing their radio and instruments suddenly while investigating a mysterious light in the sky. The zone of silence is known for cutting off radio and satellite signals, as well as the fantastic lights that appear in the sky. Could both of these things be caused by alien activity? To answer that, we first have to decide whether the Tehran incident was extraterrestrial in nature. According to Brian Dunning, host of the UFO debunking podcast, Skeptoid, the light above Tehran that night was no UFO. Instead, it was most likely Jupiter, which was visible in the sky that night. Dunning claims that the first F-4 was never given a maintenance check after the incident, so there's no evidence that its instruments actually failed. The second F-4 jet was a regular in the maintenance bay and had a long-documented history of electrical problems, which could explain the total instrument blackout the pilot reported. Dunning also dismissed the objects or missiles the so-called UFO released as meteors. There was a meteor shower in the vicinity of Tehran that night, which could explain the glowing objects moving in the air and dropping towards the Earth. These explanations seem a bit too cut and dried. While it could be possible that the pilots were mistaking the meteors for missiles and the F-4 also happened to suffer electrical problems, it seems very unlikely that two different experienced pilots as well as a number of citizens from Tehran would mistake the planet Jupiter for a UFO. 
Were there aliens in Tehran that September night in 1976? The answer is unclear. But the similarities between the Tehran incident and the Zone of Silence reports are striking. In both Tehran and the Zone of Silence, an entire population became credible witnesses to strange lights in the sky. During the Tehran incident, the pilots' radios and instruments failed them, much like how radios often fail in the Zone of Silence. Both F-4s went completely blind and were forced to return to base, just as Francisco Sarabia was forced to land in the zone when he couldn't navigate out. Prominent ufologists believe that the cause of the Tehran incident was a UFO hovering over the city. Could the same type of aliens be causing the radio interference and dancing lights in the zone of silence? The difference here is that the dancing lights and other possible UFO-caused phenomena seem to be constantly occurring in the zone of silence. In Tehran, there's only one documented UFO appearance that we know of. While the Tehran incident certainly sounds similar to the many incidents reported in the Zone of Silence, it's hard to say if both were caused by the same aliens, or if they were caused by aliens at all. As we mentioned last week, the Nordics that appear in the area from time to time have counterparts in the Pyrenees and the Sierra Nevadas. In all of these stories, the implication is that the Nordics are aliens walking among us. The zone also has a preponderance of strange lights. They may be due to something natural, like ball lightning or gases escaping into the atmosphere. As we said before, similar lights in Marfa, Texas, which lies in the same vast desert as the Zone of Silence, are thought to be due to a meteorological effect called a superior mirage. But what if the answer was truly alien activity? What would be attracting extraterrestrial life to the Zone of Silence? Some believe that the Zone of Silence is a grid point, a place where the Earth's natural energy is concentrated. It could be that the energy is extraterrestrial and gathered with a purpose. According to those who believe in such things, grid points like the Zone of Silence act as a beacon for interstellar travelers. The areas were marked by ancient voyagers to the planet Earth who wished to return one day. Some even believe that the grid point itself is an entryway. It's a closed portal or wormhole that the aliens will someday use to return to Earth. The reason for its existence is unknown and likely beyond human comprehension. If this theory is true, then the phenomena in the zone of silence would be caused by the alien beacon. Strange lights in the sky, odd people in the desert, instruments blinking in and out. It all sounds a bit like a sci-fi movie. Aliens most likely aren't the cause of the activity in the zone of silence. While it seems very likely that extraterrestrial creatures exist, they're most likely made up of a few cells. Some scientists base their theories on Earth's own extremophiles, single-celled organisms which make their homes in the hottest, coldest, darkest, and highest pressure corners of the Earth. Scientists like Chandra Vikramasinghe and Neil deGrasse Tyson believe that most extraterrestrial life may be types of microbes or bacteria. Judging by what we know today about space and the potential for extraterrestrial life, 
It seems far-fetched that the zone of silence is an ancient beacon or portal for an advanced, sophisticated alien race. Stories about the zone of silence have been recorded since the 1930s. A team of NASA rocket scientists even set up camp there in 1969. But with all the interest in the area, not to mention the Biosphere Scientific Research Center right nearby, no one has ever proven that any alien activity occurs in the zone. If intelligent, extraterrestrial beings were truly causing the oddities in the zone of silence, that would be one of the biggest discoveries in scientific history. If aliens were in the zone, it would only make sense that with so much attention on the area, we would have discovered it by now. But objects from outer space often do land there. In fact, an object from outer space could be the very thing that causes all of the bizarre occurrences in the zone. So, could the zone of silence be evidence of ancient extraterrestrials? Up next, our final theory. Now, the conclusion of the story. Jerry Hunt has a theory about Mexico's zone of silence. An author and ufologist, Hunt wrote the book on the zone of silence, quite literally. Published in 1986, his book fittingly titled The Zone of Silence ran through many of the phenomena we've described in this podcast and is among the definitive sources on this subject. In his book, Hunt outlined a unifying theory explaining all the weird stories about the zone. According to Hunt, millions of years ago, a gigantic meteor slammed into the ancient Sea of Tethys and landed in the modern-day zone of silence. This is our third and final theory, which, in a way, combines aspects of the previous two theories. At some point in ancient history, a meteor, an extraterrestrial object, if you will, impacted with the area now known as the Zone of Silence and changed its biological and climate attributes forever. The meteor was supposedly miles across, hundreds of times the size of the 1969 Allende meteorite that shattered windows all throughout Ceballos. This would put it on the same scale as the meteor which killed the dinosaurs, which is thought to be anywhere from 6 to 50 miles across. Hunt argued that the meteorite, which contained high levels of magnetite, could have acquired magnetic properties during its journey through deep space. Its ancient crash landing would give the zone of silence the strange magnetic properties many claim interrupt signals and mess with instruments. According to Hunt's theory, the force of the meteor's impact into the Sea of Tethys drove it deep into the seabed. Over millions of years, the seabed settled over the impact site, and then the sea evaporated, leaving a flat, dry desert in its place. Hunt theorized that a deeply buried, massive, magnetic object like that could continue to affect the surface world even today. Was it a random crash? Or had the meteor been sent there by intelligent extraterrestrial forces? Hunt believes that alien beings may have sent the meteor to the zone of silence to facilitate intergalactic travel to the Earth, possibly as a test run for an alien spaceship. He argues that if the disruption of radio and satellite signals is due to the meteor's magnetism, 
its alien origin could explain the strange flora and fauna in the area. We don't quite know if Hunt's theory of an ancient meteor is true or false. It certainly could be possible that a giant meteorite landed in the zone of silence millions of years ago. One reason to be skeptical of this claim is that normally when meteorites impact the Earth, they leave a crater. A meteor of the size Hunt is talking about would leave a tremendously large crater. The largest crater on Earth was the Fridafort Dome in South Africa. Caused by a giant meteorite's impact over two billion years ago, the crater was originally estimated to be 185 miles across. While the actual bowl of the crater has since eroded, a partial ring of hills and geological features called shatter cones let scientists estimate its original size. The zone of silence has no such geological structures to indicate a meteorite's impact. However, as Hunt said, if the theory is to be believed, the meteorite drove itself deep under the surface of the Earth. The seafloor settled, and when the Sea of Tethys ceased to exist, the land became flat desert. Hunt doesn't have an exact figure for how deep the meteor is buried. If it exists, it must be at a massive depth, as no pieces of it have been recovered from the area. If it is down there, though, it may be the cause of the zone's powerful magnetic fields. The zone is known for the large number of meteorites that land there. Perhaps the magnetized ancient meteorite deep below the Earth is drawing them there with its amplified magnetic pull. A meteorite that enforces the magnetic fields of the zone could explain why objects from space are drawn there. And this may also explain how a man-made rocket was pulled miles off its projected course. Let's fast forward to 1970. In the early morning hours of July 12th, an Athena research rocket that was scheduled to land in White Sands, New Mexico, instead crash-landed in the middle of the zone of silence hundreds of miles away. The charred remains of the Athena rocket took weeks to locate and a further month to fully retrieve. The rocket was carrying a payload of radioactive cobalt-57, which U.S. military researchers were afraid would irradiate the Earth it landed upon. NASA sent rocket scientist Werner von Braun to head the retrieval operation. Along with the rocket debris, von Braun ended up shipping over 200 tons of soil, rocks, and other raw samples to the lab at White Sands for further study. While there certainly was fear of radiation getting into the ground, 200 tons of samples is, frankly, a lot. So some theorize that von Braun was looking for something else. Years before he had been brought to the U.S. via Operation Paperclip, Werner von Braun not only worked for the Nazis, but was a high-ranking officer in the SS. Beyond waging the war in Europe and killing millions, the Nazis had a unique cultural component to their overall strategy. Heinrich Himmler was known to be obsessed with the occult and would integrate disparate religious and occultist symbols into Nazi heraldry as a way of connecting Nazism to mysticism. Himmler is a devoted follower of the Aryan occultism of Guido von Liszt and Jörg Lutz. He too dreams of a Germanic empire ruled by a mystical order of the Aryan elite. He is determined that this elite should be drawn from the ranks of the SS. The Superman 
the new breed of Germanic ruler is to be created from the stock which he will select. In 1938 through 1939, SS officer Ernst Schaefer led an expedition funded by Himmler to Tibet to find evidence of the superior Aryan race they were all certain had conquered the area. One of the artifacts that Schaefer recovered was later proven to have an extraterrestrial origin. The artifact, taken from Tibet, was a nine-inch tall man sitting in a chair. The statue was carved from a single piece of ancient meteorite. This Iron Man, as it came to be known, is believed to be the god Vaisravana, which was worshipped in the Bon culture over 1,000 years ago. The man was undoubtedly taken for the symbol carved into its chest, a swastika. When modern-day scientists examined the Iron Man, they were able to determine that he was carved from a chunk of the Chinga meteorite that had crashed into modern-day Siberia over 15,000 years ago. Beyond his own theories about the Aryan people, Himmler also believed that there were supernatural powers influencing the world. He hoped to establish a form of modern Germanic paganism in Germany, returning the country to its old gods and getting rid of Christianity, which he disliked due to its links to Judaism. This obsession with spiritualism carried through the war and spread throughout the Himmler-headed SS. Occultism, though not a central tenet of Nazism, nevertheless became inextricably entwined with it. By 1970, von Braun was allegedly no longer associated with Nazism. Whether he was or was not still a Nazi, it's undeniable that being an SS officer for decades would have a lasting impact on his life. From von Braun's time working as a scientist and engineer for the SS, he was trained to try to understand and utilize the supernatural. While he initially was brought to the zone of silence to find the Athena rocket, it is theorized that he was so taken by the strange and seemingly supernatural phenomena he witnessed in the zone, he was driven to find its source. His former commander, Himmler, sought knowledge and power in esoteric artifacts. Von Braun sought the same, deep beneath the Mexican sand. Von Braun was also undeniably familiar with the local legends surrounding the Zone of Silence. Many of the people hired to guard the rocket wreckage and build a rail spur out to the site were locals from the nearby villages. Von Braun undoubtedly heard the stories of equipment malfunctions and people in the desert and may have even witnessed lights in the sky himself. According to rancheros in the area, the lights in the Zone of Silence are a near-nightly occurrence. However, Von Braun was less focused on the lights in the sky above and more focused on the soil below the ground at his feet. Beyond clearing the area of the Athena's wreckage, he wanted to make sure that the soil hadn't been contaminated by the radioactive cobalt-57 isotope that the crashed rocket had been carrying. As he dug through the ground, could it be possible that he unearthed something else? The area is well known for its high levels of magnetite and the thousands of meteorites that litter the sand. Could von Braun have put two and two together and theorized the magnetite was causing the equipment and radio disruptions? If that was the case, why did von Braun keep digging? 
He and his team excavated the area for a month, piling over 200 tons of soil, rocks, debris, and meteorites onto waiting train cars to be taken back to White Sands for study. Perhaps he wanted to find the source of the disruptions. Why was there so much magnetite in the zone of silence? What was bringing it to this place? Why did it create the phenomena talked about in local legends? In the forms of occultism and neo-paganism Himmler was obsessed with, there is a pervading belief that certain places hold power. These can include sacred sites like Stonehenge or the Egyptian pyramids or new places. In 1925, English author and antiquarian Alfred Watkins proposed that there were a number of straight paths called ley lines crisscrossing the earth. People who have supported this theory also claim that the points where the ley lines intersect are often points of great power. According to believers, many ancient holy sites and shrines lie on these intersections. As you may recall, this sounds very similar to the concept of alien grid points. The zone of silence is said to be an alien grid point, where extraterrestrial beings often come to visit the Earth. Ancient peoples were said to be drawn intuitively to ley line intersections and worshipped there. It's possible that during his time in the SS under Himmler, von Braun heard about these points of power on the Earth. Faced with such a point of power in the middle of the Chihuahuan Desert, he was determined to find the source of it. Von Braun ostensibly never found what he was looking for, if he was looking for anything in the first place. And if he did, he certainly kept it to himself. But if Jerry Hunt's ancient meteor theory was true, Von Braun most likely didn't find it. Given how deep the meteor would need to be in order to remain undiscovered, it seems likely that it may never be found if it exists. The zone of silence is a mystery that doesn't quite have a definitive answer. It's been the subject of folklore for decades, and locals make money off the area's supernatural and alien connections. From the aviator Francisco Sarabia in the 1930s to adventurers today, people keep bringing the same stories back from the zone. They all have radio malfunctions, see strange lights in the sky, or encounter odd people in the desert. The cacti are purple, and the animals are much bigger than normal. Could this all be due to alien activity in the area? Or the intersection of ley lines? Or could it be from an ancient, gigantic, magnetic meteor buried far below the desert's surface? The anomalies that characterize the zone of silence make the patch of Chihuahuan desert seem like the setting of a sci-fi novel. But according to Dr. Krauss, there's nothing at all unusual going on in the zone. So what is the truth? Of all the conflicting theories, none seems to stand out as totally correct. I do believe we can say that theories involving aliens and places of power are on the fringe of believability. The most likely explanation for the zone of silence is the biome theory. While Dr. Krauss seems to believe the area is uninteresting and the locals are lying, there's so much anecdotal evidence that's worth taking into account. These anecdotes can be explained by the zone's unique and completely natural properties. The lights in the sky, like Marfa, Texas, are most likely due to a superior mirage or another naturally occurring light anomaly. 
the strange people in the desert are much more likely just that, strange people in the desert. Just because someone is wandering in the zone of silence doesn't mean they're aliens. The radio disturbances in the area could be caused by the zone's unique magnetic field, possibly caused by magnetized magnetite in the soil, affecting radio antenna. The strange animals and purple cacti all have perfectly natural explanations as well, due to the harsh desert climate. The zone of silence is certainly mysterious and a bit weird. But its weirdness isn't necessarily supernatural or extraterrestrial. What seems most likely is that the zone is a host to a number of fantastic but natural phenomenon. As our species comes to better understand our natural world, we may also come to better understand the zone of silence. Thanks for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. You can find all previous episodes of Unexplained Mysteries, as well as all of ParCast's other shows on Spotify and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Several of you have asked how to help us. If you enjoy the show, the best way to help is to leave a five-star review. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll see you next time. See you next Thursday. And remember, never take We Don't Know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the Parcast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Dick Schroeder, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro and Paul Mahler, additional production assistance by Maggie Admire and Freddie Beckley, This episode was written by Molly Quinlan and stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner. 